let her explain because I see her over there making moves, believing in her dreams, raising her family, buying her home, building her business, and taking time out to take care of herself. She's a mother, a wife, a sister, a friend, a daughter, but most importantly, she's you, a child of God. Now stand still and allow me to adjust your crown because queen, you did that. Hey ladies, welcome to another episode of Let Her Explain. It's your girl, Latrice. So today I have a really good special guest, my dear friend, Miss Nicole Bowie. Nicole, welcome to Let Her Explain. Thank you so much for having me, Trees. I'm glad to be here. Oh, it's my honor. Please, 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 please. It's definitely my <laughs> honor. So a little backstory. I always have to give a backstory of how I know my guest. Um, so I've known, known uh, Nicole for, I've known you for over 10 years now. I can't believe it. Man, time is flying by. Yeah. But, you know, her, her husband was friends with um, my cousin. And w- me always been over their house. I just got to know them. And Nicole and her husband, Archie, I love them. They're like the epitome of when they say black love. Y'all, be, matter of fact, y'all need to really petition to be on there on that show. <laughs> I just want to let you know that I want I just, I just I just thought about that but y'all really do because you you guys I know no no marriage is perfect but you two definitely make it work and I love that and you guys have four wonderful children um Brandon yeah. Cameron Daniel and Hannah uh and they are four of the most adorable smart individualized I mean when I tell you personality wise <laughs> personality wise these kids they are just they they are their own person and I love that and they're and they have learned that at such a young age to be their own so it's great to see them growing up you know I haven't been able to see them in person but you know via Facebook I'm just like oh my gosh they're just growing into themselves and I love it yeah um Oh, gosh. Let's see. Where do we even start? I mean, obviously, we haven't seen you in a while because of COVID. But I mean, if you see them now, Brandon and Cameron are both taller than me. I have two teenagers. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. So, um, I mean, life is good. And we hear, you know, oh, my gosh, you aren't your relationship goals, hashtag relationship goals. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, while it is the ultimate, you know, compliment, people don't necessarily, you know, see what goes on to make it that, you know what I mean? And like you said, like, every day isn't always, you know, perfect. No days Mm -hmm. are really perfect, but we have way more sunshine than we do rain. And on the days that it is raining, you know, we just choose to stick it out. We choose to work through it. We choose to figure it out because mm-hmm. we, we both want to be here, you know, together. And, you know, speaking of children, we want our kids to see what a healthy marriage looks like, you know. Oh, my gosh. Um, so important. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's so important. I mean, listen, getting married is the easy part. Like, that's super easy. That didn't take long. You go get your little paperwork done. You know, you get mm-hmm. your little counseling. Get your little ring, your little, you know, your finger jewelry. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, we elope. We didn't have a wedding, but oh. um, 
yeah the the wedding you know is what? now that i think about it i don't recall seeing wedding pictures because you know what when I mean... you said that <laughs> you know listen when i say life happens and I, that's something i say all the time i say it to my husband my friends uh, my kids we had planned a wedding but we were like okay we're gonna elope first because you know i was raised you don't shack whatever mm-hmm. so we secretly got married both of our moms knew but that was it we um, got married um, in a church uh, in uh, in Jacksonville, and um, then we were planning a wedding. But then I got pregnant, and so <laughs> obviously we were already legally married. So I'm like, we don't need a wedding. Like we got to focus on a kid. We got to focus on raising a child. And so we decided to ditch the wedding. Just go ahead and tell our family and friends that we were married build a house, you know, get different vehicles that were safer for, you know, having a child in. And I mean, that's, you know, that's how it started. (laughs) And, and how many years later from that Uh, idea? We'll be celebrating 17 years on April the 16th of this year. Yes. See, so ladies, it goes to show you don't always need the big wedding. You don't always, you know, prioritize the money. You know what, if, let me be clear, I'm teaching my kids that, like, listen, my husband spent less than $2,000 on my ring, and I ain't really care, like, I just Mm -hmm. was like, I want something that was cute, I wasn't into, I needed to be big and gaudy, because I didn't Mm -hmm. wear rings anyway, so I was like, this is already gonna be a chore, me not losing this thing, okay, (laughs) so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I was like you know I don't want you to really go out, out like that but that's just me and I'm not knocking anybody if your thing is big diamonds that's your thing but for me it just wasn't mine you know um, and I tell our kids like uh, the size of a ring or you know the expense of a wedding that is no guarantee that that automatically equals that your marriage is just going to be in tip top shape marriage is work yeah. Like the work doesn't, the work starts when all of that is over. Really the work should start before you even get into the marriage, but that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, our kids see like, we celebrate each other on what we call off days. Like we don't wait until it's a holiday to show appreciation, to show love. Mm -hmm. And so I don't trip if I don't, if my husband not bringing me nothing on Valentine's day. As a matter of fact, I prefer he didn't. Only because I want you to just think about me just whenever. And so yes. that's kind of what we started our marriage on, even though he proposed to me on Valentine's Day. And, you know, we still kind of, we may do something, but it's typically not nothing crazy. Like we'll set a budget, like don't spend over $25. Don't spend over 50 bucks. Can we afford to spend more than that? Absolutely. But yeah. really, I want you to put some thought into it. And the, not I'm going to say little- cheap, but if it's not something that you could just go and buy off the rack real quick, you got to put a little bit more thought into that. You really do. You, really <laughs> you know do. what I mean? The less, the less the money, you really do have to put more thought. And I love that. So that means it's really coming from the heart versus, oh, let me just go and show about this little water money and buy her a purse or something like that. And knowing that's not even you, you're the most practical person, woman I know, but in a good way though, I, I don't say that, you know, anything oh, any sure. medicine, but you you are you but you are you're practical but you're always put together you are I, it's like you you are the practical i like nice things but i'm not about to sit here and bank um and and break the bank on this you know i got me a nice purse okay yeah this purse cost me a hundred dollars but i i don't need that fifteen hundred dollar purse 
you know, I'm good. I, you know why I'm probably like that. And that's probably a mixture of how I grew up. Um, mm. I was raised by, you know, my mom, single mom, my dad's mother. Um, she was really like, you know, kind of upper echelon into really nice things. She was really down to earth, but she was really like, you know, super classy. Mm. All she ever wore was pearls. I mean, she was an AKA, but you know, oh, like okay. she just, she loved pearls. She loved nice things. Like, just that was just her thing and so I was exposed to that you know like going to teas with the saucers and the you know sugar cubes and that type of thing I learned that early on from her and then my mother's mother um she was more like down home country like we're gonna mm. get out there and ring these chickens next we're gonna plug these feathers <laughs> you know what I mean so we're gonna be on the porch silking this yeah we're gonna be on the porch silking this corn you know uh shelling these peas so I got the best of both worlds and that led me to to to, like, to just believe like life can be as simple as you want it to be and you can be happy mm-hmm. and it can be as extravagant as you want it to be and you can be happy. And you, let's be clear, you can be miserable in both. You know what I mean? You sure can. So you really sure can. I just, I say, I like simple, simplistic stuff because that's just me. That's just my style. Um, I don't really wear makeup. You know, yeah, you, you and Trinetta had to teach me how to put on my makeup. <laughs> and I was past 30, honey. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, that's just, that's just, if I wear makeup, you know, it's because I'm going out somewhere or I just want to change and look real quick. We taking some pictures. I don't knock nobody who wear makeup every day. That's just not me. I already struggle. But also, <laughs> getting guys, up in the morning. Also a natural, she's a natural beauty. So don't oh. let her fool you with the, <laughs> well, with the makeup you. thing. She's just, <laughs> Nicole could throw some eyeliner and some blush and be done with it. And we'd be like, girl, you really did that with that eyeliner and that blush because I really had to put on a full face. <laughs> So, <laughs> but that's what I love about you guys, though. You just like so down to earth and Archie, man. I have to get Archie on here. He would be one of my first, you know, um, male male guests on here. But Archie is so wise. Archie is that 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 friend, that male mentor, whoever that you need. That's just gonna always keep it real. And he has that deep, rich voice. Yeah. So you'd be like. It's like that little uh um what is what's his name? James Earl Jones. <laughs> but you know, a little Lion King with it. He's just like, okay, Archie, I, yeah, I really yes, thank you. So she 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 got she has it good. She really does have it good, guys. But you know, prior to also her being, you know, a mother of four, you know, homeschooling. She she's a homeschool teacher and she's been doing this for six years. So prior to the pandemic, Nicole has had the insight. And the in, ins and outs of homeschooling for children that varied in different um, grades, ages. So she she's really, yeah, she's an expert on this. But, you know, she was also in the banking and financing business because I also want to make sure that I give her her individual title. She, <laughs> she, she was a person. She was a person before the children. You know, she had a she had a career before her children. But um touching into, you know, getting into homeschooling. And then we'll also get into you being who you are as an individual prior, you know, outside of being a wife and a mother. Okay. So with homeschooling, how did that all come about? Okay. So let me go ahead and set the record straight. It was never my intent to homeschool my kids ever. The school Mm -hmm. system was working fine. That's what I knew. 
Um, growing up, I went to K through 12 school. Shout out to FAMU High. <laughs> but um, that's what I knew. And so, you know, I was like, my kids going to get up every day and I'm going to take them to school. And then we were living in South Florida at the time. And uh, we were at a charter school. And my daughter got reprimanded for uh, saying that Christopher Columbus did not discover America. And her teacher uh, said, what do you mean? And she gave an example of, you know, if somebody comes, if you, if you have an apartment and somebody comes and knocks on your apartment door and you offer to let them in, show them around, and then they leave now declaring that this is their apartment because they discovered it, you can't discover something when somebody's already there. It could be new to you, True. but you can't have yes. discovered it. And so mm -hmm. the teacher um, said that she was being belligerent. You know, she was being disrespectful. And so she got written up and I got called and I was like, uh, she didn't say anything wrong. Like, you can't discover something if somebody's already, there. already there. Now, it's not my fault yes. that this information is mass produced, you know, to the masses in in schools across our nation, you know, that, that is and, what it is. And in our history, right. yeah, that he <laughs> discovered something that people were already living on. And then on top of that, real quick, mm -hmm. y'all brought famine and diseases and everything. Right. But we not, that's a whole different story. Right. But okay. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, um, that was going into Christmas break. We were moving from Florida to Georgia because my husband had just gotten another job. And so um, my son was having issues at the same school as well. He was like, mom, the teacher just yells at us all day. That's her primary method of communicating. And I just, he was starting to not like math and he was a math whiz. And I'm like, buddy, what's going on with math? And he's like, well, mom, um, I did a math problem. I got the answer right. But the teacher said, because I didn't do the math problem the way that she thought I should have done it. Um, I didn't follow the proper process. I keep getting all of my answers wrong. And so he was starting to withdraw. And I'm like, you know what? Okay, we may have to look into something different. And so um, I spoke to a young lady who I knew through my husband and she um, had been homeschooling her kids. And so she kind of gave me a, a little bit of insight as to what it would entail. And of course, you know, when you start, we moved into a new home, we had, you know, more space because we were moving from an apartment. And so the kids were like, I'm like, okay, guys, we're going to homeschool. This is going to be great. And at this time, I think they're like fourth grade, second grade, uh, five, four or five years old. And Hannah was maybe like two or three. And uh, we, 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 they, I asked them how they wanted to be set up. They go, we want a classroom. And I'm like, great, what kind of desk? And they're like, we want the same desk we had in school. And I'm like, cool. So we, I look and I find like these surplus desks that the school, that the a school is getting rid of. I send my husband to go get them. He buys them. We have four desks. We have four chairs. And they're like, we want posters, ABCs, one, two, threes, like color shapes. So literally we turn our uh, formal living room into a classroom. We have bookshelves. Yes, I remember. You know, that. I yep. mean, it literally looked like a classroom. And, it really did. It really and that's did. how we operated for, say, like the first um, year. And it was a lot of tears. It was a lot of frustration. It was a lot of I dreaded getting up doing it because it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun for them. It wasn't fun for me. Um, and one thing that, you know, maybe I don't know if moms just aren't admitting it, but at least I can say for me, 
homeschooling magnifies whatever deficits you have as a person. So if you struggle with organization, it's going to be magnified in your homeschool, in your day to day. If you struggle with communication, like whatever your thing is, um, your it's like all of your little, you know, mishaps or whatever just come falling out, and it's on display for your kids to see. So it's kind of embarrassing because they're like, "Well, mom, we were up before you. You weren't down here. You weren't ready." And I'm just like. Ugh. I don't even like mornings, first of all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, excuse me. Let me just get a cup of coffee. So then it became like a running joke. Like, okay, mom hasn't had her coffee. And I wasn't even like a coffee drinker like that. And I was like, something has got to give. And so um, mm-hmm. I was like, we didn't spend all this money, like $300 on these curriculums for y'all. Okay. You know, I heard about, um, you know, just letting them do what they like unschooling. And I was like, what? I'm gonna be done broke these kids. They're gonna be messed up. (laughs) You know, because I was still thinking with the mindset of trying to recreate public school in my house. And that's what they were still on too. And one of the, I say, mistakes we made early on was I didn't let them just kind of detox from that. We went straight from Christmas break, boom, we had those two weeks off, two or three weeks off. And then we started in January, boom, we gonna hit the books. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're going to be behind. Uh, you know, it's going to be my fault. And that makes sense. Because that's how we're that trained. Makes sense that you would think that's that. what we're trained. We're yeah, trained to yeah. think, like, they have to be in school every day for, like, six hours in order for them to get it. Because if they don't have the six hours, they're not going to get it. So, you know, we were schooling, I think, at that point, our state regulations said we had to school four and a half hours a day. So that's what we were doing. Even though mm-hmm. it literally didn't take us that long to get through everything. But because that's what was mandated of us, that's what we were like, okay, we have to do that. Not realizing that learn children break those hours. Well, children learn just from just living. Like they learn from everyday, the everyday mundane. They learn from just watching you. They learn Mm -hmm. from what they see, they learn from what they hear. A trip to the grocery store, your kids are watching how you interact with people how you're interacting with the clerk when you need to ask them, you know, to show you, help you to find something, how you interact with the cashier, they're paying attention. So I, I had to learn after, you know, um, watching different YouTube videos, joining different homeschooling groups online. Um, everybody's homeschooling journey looks different. And a lot of the mistakes that, you know, I can say that I made was trying to make mine look like somebody else's who I thought was successful Mm. but it didn't work for me and my kids and you gotta think they were at four different levels so the differentiation was real you know having to take something and then break it down so my my three-year-old can get it and my five-year-old can get it and so I had to start learning to like just go with the flow of things like okay listen what's the Mm. foundation of homes like what's the foundation of just learning period okay you need to know how to read so that's going to be like the foundation literacy is going to be the spine yes. of our homeschool. Like that's going to be like where we are just dead set on making sure everybody gets that. So I'm a, I'm, I'm a book nerd anyway. You know, my mom's a librarian. Um, yes. So, yes. you know, I like to read books. Nothing against the Kindle. I just like to turn the pages. So I have books. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Sometimes I like it's convenient to have the Kindle, especially on my phone. But then you I want to write my hand. I want to have a, you. I want to fill the pages and things like that. So I understand. And I wish literacy 
was like that when I was growing up, learning, really learning the um, how to properly read and breaking down the word and, you know, the verbs and everything else, because I learned how to read out of fear. See, uh, (laughs) and I say this, (laughs) I learned how to read because out of fear, because at first I had to um, memorize it because my mom had no patience with me. And she, her lack of patience was, okay, let's treat, we're going to have to sit here and for, um, teach you how to read. I'm going to have this mm-hmm. bell in my hand. And when you get this wrong, this wrong, this word wrong, I'm going to spank your hand. And so, of course, I'm fearful. Right. So, of course, after reading and getting it, you know, wrong so many times and getting my hand hit, I'm going to learn these words out of fear. I'm going to memorize them. I'm not right. really going to learn them. I'm going to memorize them. So I memorized the words, but I really didn't learn how to break down the words to properly read. So I learned how to read out of fear. And, you know, and I go, I'm not the best speller because I don't, you know, breaking down. You, when you have kids that can break down the word and, right. and all that other stuff, they become great spellers. I am not a great speller because I didn't learn how to read like that. Gotcha. It matters. Like you, even, so, even in really homeschool, you know, or schooling at home, it can be the temp, like the, the temptation can be there to, you know, really get upset because it's a natural reaction when our kids don't do what we ask them to do. We feel like it's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. It's, you're going to respect me. You're going to learn today. And homeschooling, yeah. I would say I have gotten more out of homeschooling than my kids have gotten from me. Like I've gotten more from mm. them because we changed our whole parenting philosophy. And I don't think that would have happened had we not, you know, taken this journey on, you Probably know what I mean? Not. Because you start Probably. seeing your yeah. kids as not just property. Like I, you know, I, I brought you into the world. I could take you out type situation. You oh, know what I, I mean? You, you oh, see I them as, that. okay, yes. while they're not my equal, because I am a parent, I am adult. I have more experience than them. They haven't lived long enough, Authority. you know, to have the experiences that I have and to avoid certain pitfalls. They are still human beings. They're sentient human beings and they have feelings. They have emotions. And you have to respect that in them. You get what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that as a parent, mm-hmm. you're trying to be their friend, but I wanted our children to respect me because I'm their mother and I love and I care about them and I want what's best for them, not out of just fear. That if I don't do it, mom's going to pop me or mom's going to, you know, I'm going to get some type of consequence that's going to be negative because I didn't do it. You know what I'm saying? Are there consequences for certain things? Absolutely. But you have to make sure that the consequence is going to be something that actually is teaching them to not do that thing again. Not to the point of versus Versus. just just punishment, like just straight punishment. Yeah, And that new trend that. And that new trend, sorry to cut you off, that, you know, people are now publishing embarrassing their children on on social. I hate that. I hate that. What are you getting out of public? The world does not need to see that your kid did something wrong. How was that helping them? Shaming them and embarrassing them does not make them feel any better. As a matter of fact, and I'm no, you know, mental health or expert or anything, but I would be willing to bet that now... Your child, you have you have a you have given your child a trigger. So in the future, when mm-hmm. somebody else displays this behavior, it triggers them back to these emotions to this situation. 
So it, I'm going to be quite frank here. A lot of us as parents, there's a lot of ego in parenting, a lot. And it needs to mm. be removed because and it doesn't mean that you're trying to be your child's friend, but treat your child how you would want to have been treated in that moment as a child. A lot of us forget our embarrassing moments. A lot of us forget or we choose to repress, you know, things that were traumatic for us as children. You know, some of the spankings we got were traumatic. Now, our parents may go, but you turned out fine. Mm -hmm. Yes, physically. Yeah. But you don't know necessarily the emotional, you know, yes. um, trauma that yes. is associated with that. That some, like some people right now can think back to a moment that made them feel like crap as a kid. And those feelings, if, if allowed, will float back up to the surface. Now, granted, it's from a child's oh, point yeah. of view, but it's still there. And so I was like, you know what? I don't want to be that person to my parent. I want to my child or children. I want for my children to look back on this journey that we shared together and be like, my mom wasn't perfect and she might not have gotten it right every day, but I was loved. I was cared for. I was respected. I was treated well. And she did mm -hmm. her best. Yes. Because that's what really matters the most. Like I, and like you said, the triggers, I was watching um, a Quincy Jones documentary okay. on, on Netflix. And um, I'm a big music fan. So, uh, so of course, I never knew this, but he, in his documentary, he was talking about how his mother had a mental illness. She was bipolar or something mm -hmm. like that, schizophrenic. And so she was taken away from the home. And of course she was taken in front of him and his brother, little brother that was like, you know, seven and five years old. So it was traumatic to see them coming into his, their home, you know, patting up their mother, dragging her out of the house, screaming because she's having one of right. her, you know, outbursts and his, their father doesn't know what else to do, but to, you know, put her in an institution. And so he didn't really have her around. And all throughout his life, his mom that having, and then when she was around, because she did get out, she was still not in her mm -hmm. right mind. So everything that he was accomplishing in the music world, she was condemning, oh, you're making the devil's music and this and that. And, you know, so he never had a relationship with his mother, which, um, which also affected how he had relationships right. with women. But towards the end of the documentary, he came across um, a, a what is it? A photo album and his mom and, you know, just reading things that she had wrote in, which you can tell when he was reading out loud, out loud, she wasn't really in her right mind when she was writing okay. what she wrote. But this man was 80 something years old, 86 years old. And he was yep. still triggered by his mother. Yep. I don't want. <laughs> and that blew me away. Yes. 80 something years. He was like 86 years old and he was still triggered by his mother. Mothers have that power because we are the first people to come in contact with our babies in utero. They live in us before they are ever exposed to the world. Yes. And so there are some things that a person, a child can hear from anybody and they can brush it off. But when it comes from their mother, that cut, yes. that can cut like deep. Mothers can move mountains Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? For in, in the lives of their children, just mm -hmm. simply with their words, or they can literally like take life from destroy. And so when you're homeschooling, Amen. like I hear people go, oh my gosh, especially when I first started, 
I don't want to. I don't know how you can be around your kids all day for that amount of time, child. I can do it. And at first, I used to not know what to say. Like, I mean, I don't think I need a badge of honor or anything. These are my kids. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I birthed them into the world. I'm not being held hostage. You know what I mean? This is something that I set out to do. You know what I mean? But I now, when people say that to me, I go because you've you've been conditioned to not be able to because you have been. Mm. Think yeah. about the average yeah. working mother, which mm-hmm. I used to be. Um, you, I'll, I'll take you just, I'm just going to run you through a week because I never thought about it until I started homeschooling. When I had small children, like um, when I had four, but obviously they were younger, um, I would prep mm-hmm. on Sundays for the rest of the week. So I would get my oldest two who were actually, go, you know, going to elementary school. I would put, lay out all their clothes for the whole week, you know, in a little, in these little cubbies that we had hanging in their closets. Mm-hmm. Um, I would prepare mm-hmm. dinner as best I could, or at least have a meal plan for the week, go grocery shopping on Sunday to get the, the house stocked. So Sunday we, you know, we spent time together, but it may have been in like two hour blocks. Monday, get up in the morning, wake every, you know, get everybody up. My husband's off to work. Um, I'm getting up, taking um, the kids to school, then dropping um, my, at that time I had three, dropping the, my youngest son off at daycare, then getting to work you know, working an eight hour shift, getting people, getting kids picked back up, coming home, getting homework done, mm-hmm. um, and then having to prepare meals, make sure everybody got baths, you know, spending a little bit of time. So when you look at the time you actually spend with your kids, it's not a lot. During the week, you may be lucky if you spend, and I'm not talking about being, when I say spending time, I'm not talking about you in one room, the kid in the other, your child is in the other room, and y'all are just under the same house. I'm talking about being present in the moment, actively engaged. You might be lucky if you spend three mm-hmm. hours a day on a Monday through Friday. That's only 15 hours out of the week. And then on Saturday and Sunday, if, if your child is with you or your children are with you the whole time and you're actively engaged, you know, you may spend obviously more, but it's not a lot of time. They spend more time in school than they do with you during the week. And, but that's, we've that's been true. conditioned to accept that as a society. And I'm not knocking anybody for that. I'm just saying, I didn't realize that I wasn't spending as, I thought I was spending, you know, a good bit of time because when you've worked an eight hour shift, you're tired, but you still know you got to take care of children. Yes, you are. And yes, you have a husband that helps you. Both of y'all are tired. Y'all both been working. So, you know, I I believe that anybody can homeschool their children as long as you are willing to be patient with yourself as well as your children, as long as you're willing to give out copious amounts of grace to yourself and your children. And as long as you are willing Mm. to make mistakes and learn from said mistakes and just try your best to do better because you're going to have some of your kids who are going to flourish and just, they're going to get it and they're going to do their thing. Like for an example, my eight-year-old, um, I preach this in our household, handle your business first so you can play later. And play doesn't necessarily mean, you know, going outside and playing, philosophy. but just handle your, get your business done first so that you, the rest of the day is yours. So every morning, I didn't tell her to do this. This is something she chose to do on her own. So I tag her pages for the week for what she's supposed to be doing. She gets up every morning at seven o'clock. She has her 
uh, notebooks, her paperwork, whatever she has to do for school. She has her pencil box with all her stuff in it, you know, color crayons, color pencils, all of that stuff. Sometimes when she mm-hmm. gets up, I'm already at the table, but I'm doing work. So she'll get up, peek her head over to where I am. She's not tall enough to reach the light because you have to pull it from the fan, but she has a lamp. She takes her lamp, she gets it out of the closet, she plugs it up, and she, you know, puts it on her so she can see. This baby is up at seven o'clock in the morning after she has brushed her teeth and, and gotten herself situated and doing her schoolwork. She'll yeah. bypass Look whatever she doesn't know until she's finished everything. She'll tab those pages and then she'll come in there with me and go, okay, I finished everything except for whatever, whatever, whatever. And I need your help with that. So she'll normally fix herself some breakfast, um, which will be anything from a bagel in the oven that she, you know, put she'll pop it in, spread her cream cheese on it, what have you, or she'll have some cereal or a breakfast biscuit or something. I'm saying that to say, I never told her to do that. We don't start school until 10 o'clock. Mm. <laughs> Hannah said, look. Hello. Why y'all? <laughs> <laughs> y'all can sit here and be tied to these books all day. Right. I ain't about that. I'm about to get this done. And, but that's, but it's what you, that ingraining that in her at an early age is what's going to prep her for success in life learning those skills that she probably would not have never learned in in public school and like we said not shaming public school and of course right now right. schooling is so different anyway but the fact that she takes the initiative on her own to yeah. do that and and that's the goal thing. is for them to be independent thinkers and for them to be independent learners because everybody doesn't blossom at the same time and i'm not trying to make them i'm not trying to force them to blossom because i think that the guidelines say they should have blossomed by now. Like, no, let's be real. I know that there are certain things they're going to need to know in the world. And I'll do my very best to make sure that they are equipped. More importantly, I want them to be well-rounded individuals. Because think about this, Trees. The only time we're really around people that are of our same age is when we're in school. When you leave high school and you go to college, sometimes you'll be sitting in your college class and it'll be somebody in there that's 40 some years old and you're 18. If you take night classes, even more so. Or if you take evening classes. Oh yeah, if you take night classes. Exactly. And then when you work on your job, think about (laughs) this, it's people of all different ages. So the only time that children are really lumped up with their same age group, is K through 12. Beyond that, it's a whole different arena. And right, and you have to prepare them for it. You can't wait until they turn 18 to try to go, okay, now listen, this is how you need to build relationships with your professors. Like, no, you got to teach them how to build relationships with people while they're growing up. When my kids, when we're out at restaurants, I don't order for them. I let them talk to the waiter or the waitress and give their order. Now, if they need my assistance with something, obviously I'm sitting right there. Uh, me and the, me or the, uh, their father will help, but that's something they need to learn how to do. When we go to doctor's appointments, yes. I ask, when they're asking me questions, I'm like, ask her or ask him. Not because I don't know the answer, but they have to learn how to communicate with you. What happens if I'm not around? Now what? Now they're stuck. No. Ask them how much they weigh. They they you weigh themselves the in the morning. You know what I'm saying? We have a scale. They come weigh whenever they want to weigh. So if you ask them, well, how much do you think you weigh? How much do you think they weigh? Ask her or ask him. They know better than I do. 
because they, you know, what I'm saying? Like they they get on the scale. <laughs> ask them have they well, have they been experiencing any? Ask them. They can tell you. And you know, sometimes, you know, I've had you know nurses be like, okay, you know, for the sake of time, it's for them. Okay, listen, I understand what, what where you're going with it, and I respect your position, but you got to respect mine that I'm trying to teach them how to be functioning, you know, individuals. One day they're going to be adults. Would you rather yes. them come in here and not know how to deal with you? Because there are adults, you know, they're 18, 19 years exactly. who don't know how to set their own doctor's appointments. They don't know how to book a flight. They don't know how to, you know, pay for a bus ticket. They don't know anything. They don't know how to set up a diagnostic appointment for themselves. I don't want that for them. Oh, yeah. Believe me. Yeah. You don't want going away to college with exactly. your first newness to everything. That's when it becomes hard. I didn't. Uh, thankfully, thankfully, I had a lot of leniency growing up, but I had, I was responsible. I worked, I paid bills. I, I wanted a cell phone. I wanted to, you know, get things. My senior year, I paid for everything, you know? So I worked and I was mature, more mature. Cause I, I hung out with my older cousins more. So, um, I was able, so when I went away to college, right. it wasn't nothing different for me because I had already knew how to pay bills. I already knew how to wash my own clothes and how to cook and how to do things for myself. Actually, when I moved in, went to FAMU and then I had the apartment, you know, on, on campus apartments, I was the, the roommate <laughs> that cooked for the, for the, our apartment because other ones didn't, I know they had, you know, frozen dinners, but I was like, oh right. no, I cooked. So I was that person because I had already learned these skills prior to going away. So it's very important to teach these skills to your children prior to them going off. Because for one, leaving home for the first time is traumatic enough. And then you got to learn all the things of life on top of that. It is. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in at one time. So, yeah, learning these skills. And your kids are very... I remember... (laughs) One time I was babysitting them. Now it was uh overnight. And the next morning, uh Brandon was like, Oh, you know, I'm gonna cook breakfast. I'm gonna make some eggs for everyone. Uh, Miss Tracy wants some eggs. I'm thinking, I want these little eggs for these little boy. I'm like, no, I was like, no, you fine, you fine. You know, just cook for your um your your brothers and sisters, your brothers and sisters. And um, so he did. He cooked them, he made toast or whatever it was. And it was a little bit of eggs left up in the, uh, so they was just sitting there eating and a little bit of eggs left in the pan. So I just happened to pop one piece of my mouth. <laughs> when I tell you them damn eggs are so good, I was like, hey, Brandon, when you're done, can you make me some eggs? <laughs> and at the time, he had to be about 11. But me sitting here thinking, this little boy, right. know you know, not saying you don't know what he's doing, but whatever. But when I tell you, I taste a piece of eggs. Hey, Brandon, when you're done with you um, eating, can you make me some eggs too? I was like, but that goes to show that was right. I had oh to my god! I'm so glad you said take the limits better. off. A lot of our kids are not where they could be because we have placed limits on them, and because they believe in what we say so much. If mom says I can't do it, if dad says I can't do mm-hmm. it, if mom says it's not time, if dad says it's not time, that means I can't do it. So they, they'll repress what mm-hmm. they know they can do because you've already set a limitation that they can't. And so I'm always exactly. like, look, let's try it. You want to try it? You think you're ready to try it? Okay, let's try it. And exactly. Yeah. If, and it, goes wrong, if it, it goes wrong, it goes wrong. You know what I mean? But let's let's just see. It's but and you know, I'm not talking about anything that's like dangerous that's gonna hurt your kid, but okay. Um, you wanna learn how to do bagels? 
Okay, let's do bagels. What do you want to learn how to do? You just want to learn how to toast them? Okay, let me show you how to work the broil function on the oven. Do you know what the broil function does? Okay, you do already? Okay, great. Do you know how this oven works? Do you know how it'll burn you? So, you know, like you, if you teach, if you yeah. teach them, and every parent has to gauge their child's maturity, you know, on their own. But if you teach them and you're mm-hmm. repetitive, some kids you'll teach them the first time and they'll get it. Others, it may take longer. But just think about us. We didn't learn everything that we know from the first time. They're no different. Yeah. <laughs> and some of us and, but still don't know. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. Oh, believe me. As <laughs> we are. Okay. Of some of us know. still on the struggle bus, <laughs> but that's all right. We don't get it together. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just, I would say this, like, um, and I hope I'm not, I'm going to change the, not the subject, but you know, as far as homeschooling goes, like that's just really your path as a parent to let your kid explore. They learn through exploration. Sometimes you'll have uh, a child who knows what they want to do. They know what they want to be. I want to be an artist. Okay, fine. Well, what what, what do you want to do? You want to take some classes online? You want to check out some books from the library? What supplies do you need? And of course, do I know what supplies they need? More than likely, yes. But this is your thing, not mine. So go online, learn how to research mm-hmm. what it is you want, see where it is, create a budget for it. Or I may say, okay, I'm going to give you $50. Find what you need for $50, which means they have they may have to go from Michael's to Target, you know, to uh, Walmart, to wherever, to find the art supplies they, they need. And they're going to have to use a little bit of math because then now they have to calculate you know, staying within their budget. Mm-hmm. Okay, they gonna have to use Google Maps because m- their mama not driving all over town to find it. So, like that's learning though. They yes. have they're learning distance. Yes, you know they're learning time. They're dealing with money. They're learning how to research. They're learning how to put in the proper keywords so they can get the proper results. You know, back. But you have to you have to give them a chance. You know, to explore. And one of the things we did. It was like in November of 2019, we were, um, I had gotten an entrepreneur magazine and I was reading and they're like, what are you reading? And I was telling them about it. And I was telling them about different kids that had different businesses because that's what the article was about. And so they wanted to look and I was reading it out mm-hmm. loud to them and letting them see the kids. And we went to the different kids websites. So I said, um, if you guys could start a business, what would you want to start? So, of course, you know, we had to kind of do a little bit of research and this, that, and the third and seeing something that was kid-friendly that they could really do and be proud of. And it just really was like an experiment. Let's just see. So um, they threw out a couple of ideas. I think one was like a laundry service. And I polled people on my personal Facebook, you know, people that we knew. So, and then we polled uh, kettle corn. And so we got that idea um, from a young lady named Kay who has her own kettle corn business. And so uh, she had a book, an ebook. And we got the ebook off Amazon and we read the ebook and they were like, okay, we wanna, we wanna have our own kettle corn business. So I'm like, okay, cool. What are y'all, what are y'all gonna name it? And so they came through a few names and then they decided on naming it LMA's kettle corn. So LMA's comes from the name LMA. <clears throat> excuse me, comes from my grandmother, my dad's mother. Her name was Ella May. And so that's who they chose to uh, name mm-hmm. their popcorn business out of. So I was like, after, I was like, okay, cool. So then we got a website and 
I was like, okay, are we really doing this, doing this? Or like, you know, they're like, yeah, like we want it to be a real business. We want to do it. I'm like, okay. So I get them what they need. You know, we look at what's the best things, what, what are the ingredients, what supplies are we going to need to do it? So we did it. You know, um, it took us a little minute to figure out the recipe for it, where it tastes good and it wasn't being burnt at the bottom. And, you know, I thought, okay, <laughs> worst case scenario, this will probably last for like a year. And then we'll fold it up. You know, they'll lose interest. We'll fold it up and, you know, call it quits, whatever. So obviously yeah. it's still going. It did not fold. We even sold popcorn during the pandemic. <laughs> and it's taught them God. a lot. Like, because I'm like, I'm your mom, but I can't, like, I have other things that I'm working on as well. So I can't devote like a thousand percent of my time to your business. I can do like the administrative stuff and because of the popping process, I'll do your popping for you, but you guys need to figure out the labels, you know, your colors, you know, that type of thing. And so, mm-hmm. right. Branding right. And, and so, you know, every month we would get a, uh, the magazine entrepreneur magazine. And then I was in a couple of business groups. So I would show them different things as I was learning. So we were literally all learning together and, you know, with postage going up, they're like, okay, wait a minute. We're seeing our profits go down a little, not because we're doing anything wrong, but things are getting more expensive. So what do we need to do? I'm like, I don't know. Y'all tell me, (laughs) what do you think we need to do? (laughs) And so um, it's been a learning experience. And I I told them, I said, listen, this year, I want you guys to be a bit more hands-on than you were last year. And so they're like, okay, what do you need us to do? So one of the things that um, we're doing is uh, we're hand, they're handwriting letters or like note cards to different businesses, um, you know, as a solicitation, but it's just, it's simply going to be, you know, handwritten. So just doing things that's within their wheelhouse to do um, and then seeing what becomes of it. Some things work, other things don't. And that's okay. Like, I don't know of any business owner who just got everything, you know, 100% 100% straight out the gate. It's a learning, you know, it's a learning process. They don't. Right. No one, no one does. <laughs> right. And so no I'm just like, does. okay, you know, is this something that you guys want to continue? And they're like, yeah, you know, like we want to keep going with it. And so I said, okay, you know, so we, we got, we have repeat customers. We have customers, you know, that order time and time again. Um, our customers are in different areas. I think the farthest we shipped has been Indianapolis, but yeah, I mean, oh, nice. we, it's not like at first we thought it was just going to be family and friends ordering, but then when you get orders from people who you don't know, that's when it, right. That's like, Oh, that's the most and then, thing. you know, they send you something in your inbox saying, Oh my gosh, this was delicious. This was amazing. So proud of you guys. And, you know, any messages that come through social media, because none of my kids are on social media, so they can't check it. I have to go in and, you know, show it to them. But they're like, okay, wow. Like, we really, like, just to see that little light up in their eyes, for them to see that this is something that you all started, you all believed in. Um, Yep, me and your dad put the money up for it, but this was y'all's idea. You know, this wasn't something that we yeah. made y'all do, you know, as parents, this is something that you want to do. And I, and I, like I said, I ask them every year, do you want to continue? Because I never want them to feel like if we don't, if we no longer want to do it, you know, mommy and daddy going to feel a kind of way. Nah, we're not like, this is y'all's thing. We'll help you as much as we possibly can, but 
you know, if it's something that you guys want to continue to do it, as years progress, you're going to have to be more, you know, invested in doing it. Look at that. I love it. They are out here really killing the game. And what, He's what, 15. Uh, so you got 15, 15, 14, 10, 15. and 8. <laughs> Mini moguls in the making. Look. <laughs> They really are. They really are like they're just such energetic, smart, individualized kids. And I love that about them. But as we're going to tie that, I want to not leave this all about the children. So, like I said before, Miss Nicole, <laughs> she had an identity before, you know, <laughs> these children came around. So <laughs> tell me, how do you because your life really is involved? around your children how do you you carve out that time to keep nicole not nicole the mother not nicole the wife well i'll say this (laughs) same and my my family is pretty uh supportive when i need just quiet time um when i need to just Mm -hmm. have a getaway um you know archie and i do a staycation in a heartbeat you know, uh, hello. Oh, yeah. Just book a, a hotel room, you know, in town. And that's where we go. Or that's where I go. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm grateful that I don't have to put up a fuss or I don't get any pushback if that's something that I need. Sometimes I just need a nap. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just as simple mm-hmm. as, okay, I tell the kids, listen, guys, mommy needs a nap. And they'll go, okay, for how long? <laughs> and I'll go for two hours. <laughs> And they'll go, okay. And they'll go in their little corners or wherever. Um, Sometimes they're still watching TV. Sometimes somebody might be playing a game. Somebody might be reading, whatever. Um, Building with blocks, playing with dolls. But they're mindful enough to know that I need this time for me. And they let me have it. I don't have to. Now, obviously, my kids are old enough to understand. But they let me have it. Nobody comes you know, they wait. If it's something, let's say something, I don't even have to give the, the disclaimer. I used to have to go, listen, if ain't nobody bleeding, the house on fire, don't wake me up, you know, but now I don't even have to give that. They already know, like mom's sleeping. Um, Let's just quiet it down. She'll be up in two hours. And because I go so hard for them all the time, like last year, you know, my son was playing basketball. So we were at basketball and I, I didn't miss a game. So we were at basketball games, whether they were out of town, in town, you know, supporting him and his team while homeschooling, you know, that mm-hmm. was a lot. And I didn't get adequate rest. Like I should have gotten, you know, I was kind of burning, it, you know, the candle at both ends, if you will. And I said, okay, you know what, this school year is going to have to look a little different. Like I didn't make it a priority to carve out that time. And so, I felt it on the back end. And I said, for the 2020, 2021 mm. school year, I'm going to put in pockets of time, you know, that I need to. So one of those things, one of the things that I do, um, I get up early in the morning before my kids do. And I'm not even uh, like, if you ever, if you follow me on, you know, Instagram or Facebook, uh, my, my, my name on there, my handle is not a morning mama because I'm not like, I don't like mornings. <laughs> I have never liked mornings as a kid. I didn't like mornings. It's all mornings have always been like my least favorite. 
And I still don't like them, let me be clear, but I understand now that, okay, if I get up two hours before my kids, I'm able to get four hours worth of work condensed into that two hours because I don't have any interruptions. So it is to my benefit, you know what I mean? To mm. go ahead and get up. Even though I don't want to, as adults, you know, we have to do things that we don't necessarily want to do, um, but we handle our business oh, anyway. Yeah. So I get naps, I take staycations, and um, I work out. So I have a Peloton, and between oh, the, the, let me tell you something. Oh, what, what are those? My husband had been asking me, like, oh, let's get a Peloton, let's get a Peloton. And I was like, boy, I ain't, I ain't studying no bike that don't go nowhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had, I had taken a spin class one time. <laughs> it hurt my butt so bad. I was like, I don't even understand why I'm the only one in here looking oh, yes. crazy and can't wait for this mess to be over with because I feel like something's stuck in my butt. But I was like, I'm never doing it again because it was so uncomfortable. And I don't, I didn't know beforehand that it was going to be uncomfortable like that. And when we got the Peloton, you know, at first I was like, okay, I'm going to try it. I got it. You know, we, we, we got on it. I liked it a little bit. I was sore, but I got accustomed to it. And then I kind of just fell off, right? And I was like, you know what, Nicole? Like, this is something for your health. Like, just just start small. You can start back over. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, we'll get things and it becomes like a clothing rack. You get a treadmill, next thing you know, you got shopping bags all on it. You got crates yes. on it, you know, hanging your stuff, jackets all yes. on it. I didn't want that to be this for us. So um, we made it easy. It's easily accessible. You know, everything we need to do, it is right here. So for me, I'm like, okay, I'll do meditation sometimes. Sometimes it's yoga Sometimes it's Pilates. I don't always do the bike. Um, sometimes it's more app use than the bike. The thing I love is when we travel, even if I don't have the bike, mm-hmm. I can still, you know, get the app either from my phone um, or from my tablet or whatever. And then I joined uh, a Peloton community called Black Girl Magic. And it has been amazing. The upliftment um, that is there amongst nothing but but a sea of black women that's killing it i mean love it if you can't find encouragement in there i like i don't even know what to tell you because it's all levels like some people are like really like diehard spinning cyclists and then you have like the novice who's had the bike you know for almost two years and i'm still a novice but whatever that's my business <laughs> you know what i mean but i just i'm just like you know what i tell myself nicole show up for you like you have to show up for you that's the least you could do for yourself right the least you can do is show up for you you know two or three times a week or three times a week or whatever and some weeks are better than others but i just i'm like i'm just gonna keep showing up You have to, you have to, you got to find ways to stay sane, keep motivated, stay positive because there is so much out here that can, we can just overwhelm us with negativity Uh. and drown us with fear. So we really got to stay in that, that frame of mind. Look, I got to show up and and, and do my best. Okay. And like, it's not even about, uh, like, like for me, it was just really more like health. Like, okay, Nicole, like nobody's promised, you know, tomorrow, you know, COVID could take you out or something else, but at least do your your part, you know, to you, to your body, to your temple. Um, and your kids will model whatever they see you do. 
So I noticed that, you know, when I started doing it, um, my oldest daughter, she started a workout regimen of her own. I'm like, okay, cool. And then my um, youngest daughter, she started doing yoga and um, these bar classes with me. She said she's never doing bar again, but she'll do, she'll do yoga. So, you know, even she comes in and, you know, I'll share my mat with her and she'll join in and we'll do some yoga together. And sometimes she'll be the one that holds me accountable. She's like, are you not going to yoga today? <laughs> and I guess, and I'm just like, Thank you ready? She's that. like, I've been ready. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? I put out my mat, whatever, and we'll do um, some yoga. So, you know, your kids are always watching. Kids are watching how we're handling COVID. You know, they, they feed off of us. If you anxious all the time, they're going to be anxious all the time. If you teach them, you know, like I, they were worried, oh, oh my gosh, mom, like, uh, are we going to get it? Can you get it from this? Can you get it from that? Uh, they were they were afraid for me to go to the grocery store. I'm like, we got to eat, y'all. But mom, what if you get the COVID? And I don't know what it's about, Black people. We be like, the COVID. <laughs> what if you get the COVID? I'm like, y'all, listen. We been, are, are we, I said, are we a family that washes our hands? Yes. Okay, check. We we've been sanitizing. Like I keep saying, I have always kept sanitizer and sanitizing wipes in my car since they were small. So okay, mm-hmm. we we've been doing those two things. So it looks like the third thing that we need to do now, because the time causes for it, is wear our mask. So you know when we go out, we wear our mask. They don't really go out a lot like that, but um, when I go out, because I go out every week to go grocery shopping, and I just make sure I have my list. I go where I need to go. I go first thing in the morning when it's not as crowded, get my little stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have food or whatever. And we come on back to the house. Like that's kind of it, you know? Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Um, this ain't the time to be out partying. Cause look, I, uh-uh. I've seen the firsthand lost family member, a family member it's from not. it. And, you know, it's just not worth it. It really isn't worth, you know, taking that chance right now. But, um, man, I can go on. I got a little sentiment. I was thinking about my family members, so let me not go there. But um, I just want to thank you so much for being on here. It's just such a pleasure. I really miss you guys. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> they always lived in the boonies when they was here. It, hold on. And we, <laughs> we, we're, we're not quite in the boonies where like- we are now, but we do have wildlife. Um, we have deer. We have fox. Um, we have wild turkeys that come. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had a snake in the garage. <laughs> so yeah, you know, we we stay we stay oh pretty true to being like, around nature. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but before I let you go, please let you know listeners know where they can order some of your wonderful popcorn kettle corn and follow you if you want on um, social media any tips or anything because you are a guru and you may not know it but you really are a guru you are very uh insightful and insightful in in homeschooling and your patience with children is unprecedented you don't think you do but you really do so let the world know where they can okay they can so um for the kettle corn you can go to uh, Um, They're also on Facebook and Instagram. Their handle is at ellamazekcorn.com. Um, not .com, but LMAs, at ellamazekcorn. 
And then um, for me, I am on uh, Instagram and Facebook, Nicole Bowie, but my handle is at not a morning mama. <laughs> but uh, Teresa was, you know, I miss you. Obviously, we were supposed to have a girl's trip um, this past November. Didn't happen, but obviously yes. for safety reasons. But um, I can't wait until everything just opens back up so that we can start seeing people again and I won't say get back to normal because I don't even know what that, yes. you know, would look like. But um, I'm just grateful to have the opportunity right. to share, um, you know, what what I do and what my journey was like, because everybody's different. Everybody's journey is going to be different. Um, but, you know, I don't I don't mm-hmm. necessarily consult in the area of homeschooling, but I'm always open to assist anybody in any way that I can my husband's like oh gosh you'll get a whole kitchen sink away it's not it's not even that (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) it's just that I remember how lonely my journey was at first because we were in a place where I didn't really have any family and Mm -hmm. it was just things that I didn't know and so it was a huge huge learning curve and so if I can keep somebody you know another mom or another family from having to go through some of the struggles that we went through you know, just simply by giving us some tips or whatever, I have no problem doing that. So, well, thank you so much for your being a good steward because that is that is the ultimate stewardship of, of of you. So, thank you for being a good steward, and once again, thank you so love much you for being a part of my vision. You know, I love you guys, miss you guys so much. Um, but I'm not going to hold you any longer. So, I just want to say thank you to all my listeners. Um, I really do appreciate you. And you know, you can hit me up at Let Her Explain. And that's on social media, Instagram, as well as Facebook or www.letherexplain.com. I would love to hear from you if you want to be a guest or just want to leave a comment. But on to our next episode. Thank you so much for listening.